We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, everybody. This is Kirk Henderson coming to you on Locker Room Live after the game. Josh Bowe is out tonight, uh, out being a human being. I think he was at a wedding, but I'm sure he was probably staring at his phone, and I bet he's going to be mad that he doesn't get to discuss this game. Uh, quick recap of the game before we start talking to uh, to people here. The Mavericks came out firing early and often, probably having one of their best home starts that at least I can remember in recent memory. Uh, really blowing the doors off the Wizards in the first quarter. They were up 38-26 to and really should have been up higher uh, as the game went along. And it, you know, it, the second half or second quarter was kind of a, a, a slop fest. The the bench mob for, for the Mavericks, uh, which, you know, had been led by Jalen Brunson and Timmy, just really wasn't getting it done. Luka came back in, also really started getting... Um, basically face guarded and the Mavericks didn't seem to know what to do. The offense got very sloppy. They hit just enough threes, but then the the Wizards went on like a 13 to like five run to end the half and the Mavericks were only up five. The third quarter was uh, kind of a sum of all fears moment for the Mavericks. I believe they went one of 10 from distance uh, and were just really sloppy. It was the kind of quarter where everyone was looking to Luca to save them and it just didn't happen um in the fourth quarter we saw josh richardson get benched after having another just putrid performance uh and inserted into the game was trey burke trey burke and tim hardaway jr uh led a a, you know a mavericks comeback of sorts because they were down eight entering the frame and from the seven minute point on uh, it was tied 105 105 at i think 708 in the third um, the Mavericks outscored the Wizards 21 points to 20 points, and it was just a wild finish. Those who didn't watch it, I suggest trying to find a way to just watch the final six minutes. It was a whole lot of fun. Uh, really horrifying because Tim Hardaway Jr. had to guard someone, and he could not do it. 
but you know, sometimes it's it's better to be lucky than good. And you know, uh, Luca had a long mid-range jumper, and then Luca trusted his teammates, and for his 20th assist of the night, found Dorian Finney-Smith Jr. with 9.3 seconds left in the right corner, who buried an open three to give the Mavericks the lead. The Mavericks uh, nearly botched their defensive uh, uh, possession, won the final shot of the game, but it didn't matter because Bradley Beal missed the shot and the Mavericks walk away with a 125-124 lead. All right, I'm going to start bringing people up on stage. We're going to have a good time here. Um, I'm not going to to put any sort of uh, limits on y'all. I want you to have a good time. Uh, I do. I would like to go to bed at some point, but I don't know about you. My heart is in my throat, so it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be uh, a short locker room tonight. We should have some fun. All right, we have a long list of people because apparently I talk too much. Let's uh, let's start bringing on folks. Patrick, how are you? Patrick, uh, Kirk, hey, how's it going? I am hyped. It's midnight. I'm too old to be this hyped. Yes, what a huge win with wild swings. But as we know, our biggest game is tomorrow against our formidable. <laughs> it feels like the early 2000s. The Nemesis Kings are just out to, out for blood. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, I mean, like I'm I'm with you. You know that that ending was super super wild. I mean, I'm sure you'll get into it. But Jay Rich, I mean, that was another rough rough game for him but yeah let's bury let's bury him later on i think we should at least try to revel because that fourth quarter that fourth quarter is why we watch sports and man luka Doncic shaved before the game he looks 14 in these replays this is ridiculous i just had i got a lot of fun in that fourth um i don't know about you guys like defense is hard in the nba it's hard to do so i would rather teams score a million points in the fourth quarter which is what happened i mean it was a 36 27 fourth quarter it was great yeah like i said i'll kind of keep it short i mean so there's a lot of people but this is a huge win much needed win for now the fifth seed that's right good (laughs) and i mean now i mean does Luca make it into the MVP consideration now? I mean, obviously when we were at the bottom, but now we, you know, keep moving up. I don't know. I don't know about MVP. I love that thought. I do think he's essentially secured a a first team All NBA, which was not my thought for most of it. But if they close and finish as the fifth seed, it's going to be hard because the only other people in consideration would be who we got. We have Dame, Beal, uh, Steph. And I think it'd be hard to argue that to give them a spot with the team that he has a, re- a better record than all those guys. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks all for right. hanging out, buddy. Hey, no problem. Like I said. All right. Hopefully tomorrow is not the opposite. But <laughs> That's right. That's right. But we don't, we'll come to that <laughs> nope. if we can. Thanks for joining, hey, man. No problem. Bye. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Coming up next, we have Sam. Sam, my man, how are you? You changed your profile picture from Kobe to Luca. I'm very proud of you. That gets you a diamond. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I just one. Uh, I, you saw the tweet with Kyrie um, and Kobe, and I was like, I love Kobe. So, you know, he, he's one of my favorite basketball players to watch. You're you know, allowed. I, 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 I used to love it when Kobe and Dirk played back then. I get, I, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I just, I got to tease you. It's, it's made me laugh for days, and I, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna salt you about it, but I had to for this this time. I'm doing good. How are you, man? I'm feeling great. What do you got for us? <laughs> this. This game has been really weird compared to all the other games during the season. 
It, it felt really different. Why? I, I mean, I, what, what do you feel about that? I mean, my heart was in my throat. I didn't feel like the sense of, I don't know, some some parts of this season have had this like existential dread hanging over it. And I don't know if that's just because of COVID, my real life being excessively challenging, or not just loving the, you know, the... The vibes were immaculate, according to Jill and Brunson, but I never really felt that. So, so this was just one of these games where it was it was good to see them power through some adversity because this this team has a tendency to get punched in the mouth and walk. Yeah, they they they, they have to back up from no, they have to come back into the fight. You know, they sometimes they back down and just give up. But I like how they fought today. And then last year they used to have this problem in the fourth quarter where I swear they would. Losing the clutch so many times, it would piss oh, me off. Oh, they did. And then, and, and then this year, I feel like they're growing as a team, and they're starting to learn all all those issues, and they're fixing. Well, them. the dirty little secret of the year is that Luka Doncic decided to wake up one day and become an absolutely lethal mid-range shooter. He is in the ninety-six oh percentile God. of that mid-range. Like that shot that he took, that last two the pointer that he took. Bradley Bill. I mean, mouth, that's man. a banana shot. That's a that's a like like prime time player kind of shot. And the, you know, the, the mid range is considered a bad shot because most people can't shoot. And he just like makes it look incredible. I like I like how he's shooting the mid range more. It's making me a lot more confident in like in close game scenarios. How if it's instead of him shooting a deep three when it's a one point game and five seconds left, he can shoot a little mid range because. Now he's. I think he's at a certain point. He was more confident in his three pointer than his in his two. Now all we got to do is get the guy to hit a damn free throw. But beggars can't be choosers. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> oh my! He missed one. I, I, he he was making. He was. I remember the Grizzlies game. He missed some free throws that almost cost us the game. But thank God we have Luca Magic to hit that three. So that's right. One legged. Yeah, but that's right. Now let me get to the negatives. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. JJ Reddick and Trey Burke both need to take a portion of Josh Richardson's minutes. I mean, God, Josh Richardson. It just—I swear—the only thing he's good at is his athleticism, which is basically just not. I'm not gonna say God-given talent, but and he doesn't use it. I mean, this guy on the Miami Heat—he he used to posterize everybody. Now I don't see him dunking. I, yeah. Maybe I'm thinking he's hurt. There's. There's no way he's just like playing at his normal level. I, I feel like he's hurt, but I'm not sure, man. It's tough. And then I remember in the first quarter, he was just spinning around the basket, and he just, hey, why do you shoot that shot? I mean, I it's, it's not it's not a good shot. That little fadeaway mid mid range, whatever you call it, it's like a layup from the the free throw line. I, I don't know, man. I'm really old, and it reminds me of, like, one of the special kicks Ryu would do in Street Fighter 2. It's like a spin kick. Drives me nuts. I hate it. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, but then, um, also, what do we call Stein? Uh, this guy, he's, <laughs> he's the best defensive center on our team. I mean, he is, uh, but I, like, I, like, like, if the man would just jump and dunk the ball, he, he doesn't have the court awareness. He's very, you can tell, he catches those up high and he doesn't know where he is. He just so looks his, at, he looks around. Mm, I need, I need to look for the court, Luke. I need to look for, I need to look for someone at the three point line. He's not yeah. confident, just backing the man down and taking the damn layup. I know, man. But, but I, I, lo- I love his energy, man. Him yeah. him and Dwight Powell, the energy is re- – the vibe for them, the vibes are immaculate. For them, well, the vibes I, are. 
I appreciate you coming up, my guy. I'm going to bring on somebody else. Thanks for hanging out. I see him, man. All right. Okay, coming up next, we have Brandon. Brandon, what's up? Hey, Kurt, can you hear me? I can. You sound good. Awesome. I'm doing great tonight. I don't care that we were a Russell Westbrook, like, tipping away from losing, like, on our own goal. That was insane. Um, That's a good point. I... I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'd forgotten that in the throng of all the crazy crap that happened the last last six minutes. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I'm sure they credited it to Willie, but he did not touch that ball at all. That was all Westbrook. Um, don't care that we miss all of our free throws. Like, just living in the moment that we're in the fifth seed right now, and hopefully we can close it out and stay there. Sorry about that. My dog, couple... my dog agreed with your comment and was barking in, in, in it. <laughs> oh, you're good. Um, couple things like Dorian. So whenever he had his kid, I just kind of like made the joke. You know, what if he went on like a Fred Van Vliet, like just hot? Oh, I love this. Keep uh, going. How, yeah, how how he did in the playoffs and what was that 2019? I think. Yep. So I did the math after after he went six of nine tonight. Since he's come back from having his kid, I believe he's 57 of 122, or about 46.7% from three. That is bananas. Absolute flame. I mean, obviously, he's not going to shoot that for an entire season or anything. But, I mean, I feel like just the improvement that he's made over his entire career, I feel like he will continue to improve, you know, instead of being one of the worst just white in terms of like sure. you know his quality quality of shots versus his actual percentage makes and if we get into a series like where how Utah guarded him you know I don't know if Denver or if the Clippers would do that but if he's if they're just going to give the wide open Dorian 3 I'm starting to become more confident that he can actually make teams pay for that yeah yeah have to guard him. His his confidence since like the Utah game has been really fun. It's it's great to watch. It's great to see a guy. He's really just been on a northbound trajectory the entire the entire game, or I'm sorry, the entire season after, particularly after the COVID stuff. And it's it's just nice because we there's a Lakers game. There's at least three should have been game winners that Dorian Finney Smith has hit over the last two years. And he and the Mavs always screwed up the defensive possession. So to see him get one <laughs> was so awesome. We still screwed it up this time. It's just you know Bradley Beal decided to miss an open three. I I thought we were done the second he caught that ball. But... That was horrifying, horrifying. I mean, how good is he? God, how good the Wizards are are so fun. Like that was a really fun team to watch because they play with pace. I really wish the Mavericks would pick up their pace, but like Luka oh, Doncic and Rick Rick Carlisle just love to play the the slowest speed possible. Um, but it was it's fun to watch Beal just move off ball. The way he was curling over those screens and just getting Timmy in a blender was really amazing. Oh, and then yeah. like Westbrook, so there's a, a New York Times story out that that Mark Stein wrote. You all should Google it and read it just about how how Westbrook is closing in on this really crazy. Oscar Robertson triple triple double record and he's in his 13th year and just watching him play with that amount of just like fury he's he's like the Tasmanian devil I love watching him play and also hate watching him play because it just (laughs) it felt like it was going to be one of those games from the first quarter and the Mavs really just helped 
Yeah. I mean, if you can survive, obviously, you know, with as many mistakes as the Mavs made, if you can survive a game where Russell Westbrook is making three pointers and his like patented, like one foot inside the three point pull up, you know, two uh, shot, like if, if you can survive that night where he, you know, scores 40 points off of that, I think, uh, I think you can feel good about yourself. So, yep. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, just escaped with a, a W and like, uh, like they said, we got the 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 real enemies uh, tomorrow night against the Kings. Yeah, the Kings, which you know, we'll we'll figure them out <laughs> later. Yeah, thanks for. All right, talk to you later. All right, I'm gonna bring up uh, see here, Christian. Christian, did they play with enough energy tonight? What do you think? They did. I mean, you know, towards the end of the second quarter, and that you know is a little bit of a drop. I think it was more just bad play. Uh, but you know, I think you could tell from the first tip, we went on a nice little run there and they knew this game was important. Um, so that was exciting. And I just want to say like, God, like, you know, he's obviously not a, you know, top 20 player or anything like that, but there are very few players in this league. I love more than Dodo. I mean, and it it's crazy this season. Does it not seem like he relishes those clutch shots, like how many clutch threes has he made this season, especially lately? Uh, well, you know, as, as, as somebody mentioned earlier, he's playing with the, the new dad glow and that shouldn't be a thing because dad should be exhausted, but I'm really, I, I'm just mainly pleased for him because I buried him. Um, you can go find writing on it. I was, I watched him at summer league after summer league and he was bad. And, and I don't mean, like, kind of bad. Like, I didn't understand why he was in the NBA bad. Because you go look at his three-point shooting, he was shooting under 30% for huge chunks of seasons. And then all of a sudden, last year, he just started hitting. And it's a testament to his work ethic. It's a testament to his confidence. It's also a testament to, like, the Mavericks' confidence in him. Because you just don't see – they must have really seen something in him. Now, I will sass, and we can make fun of this now, and please nobody go – tag harp and say that i said this but like i need the mavericks commentators to please stop saying he's like an unbelievable two-way player um because he isn't uh but i will take the the player that that he is the player that he is is very helpful and very special and and just so valuable to what the mavericks do because i mean he's been their best shooter for a month and that shouldn't you know there he's a big reason why they're in the fifth seed right now so i'm very pleased yeah and i I mean, the one thing I do think he, I I wouldn't go necessarily a great two-way player, but I think, you know, we just use him wrong on defense. Like against Jason Tatum, he was fantastic. And I think I it, it baffles me at times that we put him on quick-footed guards because that's not yeah. what he's good at. Yeah, he needs to go against like, you know, a small forward or a power forward or a Jason Tatum who is quick. Like I'm not trying to, you know, diminish Jason Tatum at all, but he can relatively stay with those, you know, stronger guys and he plays great on them. And I just think, you know, it's an exciting moment um, for Dorian. Obviously it's exciting as a team and I just want to kind of enjoy tonight, but, you know, I think Josh Rickard, Josh Richardson's been given quite a leash by Carlisle and I think it's time, especially in these really, really critical games like we can't let these slip away well he didn't go back in he didn't go back in and that's a testament to rick uh as much as we bang on the guy 
there were plenty of opportunities in the final four minutes to put him back in the game, and he didn't. And I think that's a big reason why they won. Did yeah. he went? Oh no! So, yeah. Sorry, I was confused. Yeah, I, I mean, he didn't in the fourth. He, you know, the last possession, which made sense for defense. Um, oh sure, but yeah. I, but now, like the stretch run, sure. That's what I yeah. mean. Like the offense, like the two-way stuff. Okay. Yeah, and that's what um, you know. It, I just don't understand why we have the tendency to run stuff through him. Like he is not a good passer. He is not good dribbling or any of he that. He has so been though. He has been. And this is a confidence game. And but but I wrote in the recap tonight. He, he's had ten games now where he issued ten games in a row where he shot thirty six percent from the field, twenty three percent from three. That was his ninth game of the season out of fifty played where he shot under thirty percent. That is too inconsistent for a starting two guard. And I wrote and and I believe this that there needs to be a change within his role. I don't necessarily want to see him you know, play less, I don't want to see him start. Like, they they just have to, like, remix their rotation, do something, because it's – when it gets ugly with him, it gets real ugly, and, and there's just no other way to go. And and it was it was really exciting for me. It's a little thing, but, you know, I imagine getting excited at the prospect of seeing Trey Burke and then the prospect of seeing Trey Burke hit some cool shots. Like, I was, I was hyped. That was like bubble Burke. Yeah, it, it was I... – like, it's just so nice to see someone like Trey Burke really, I mean, against the Warriors, he had a poor shooting night, but just so important on the defensive end and a guy that hasn't gotten minutes in quite some time, but stayed ready, you know, works his tail off uh, when he is in the game. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just uh, happy for this team. Um, I'm happy for us, the fans. And, you know, I, I think this was a very, very key win, not just in the sense of the standings, but really heading into the stretch run with that, especially that Dorian shot, like Luca's going to get him the ball in clutch moments. And Luca has that belief in him. And I think uh, Dorian does too, um, which is exciting. And, you know, I think, um, when it, when it even comes down to it, like we're without KP, we're without, our quote-unquote Robin, but this team finds ways to win. And uh, I just, you know, really I can't be more excited after at least seeing the energy coming out of the first quarter and the ability to fight back, and that's what it's about. And this team, you know, isn't the grit and grind Grizzlies in any way, but they are gritty. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm big into it. Well, thanks for hanging out, Christian. Appreciate you having me up as always, Kirk. And let's. That's right. All right, so we got some people waiting. We've had a lot of people join the room. Just want to let it be known. Um, I'm I normally just go in order, but if uh, any of the ladies of Mavs Money of of Mavs Moneyball Hangout would like to come up and talk, uh, they get a, a a line jump because this is you know too many too many dudes is what I'm going to say. All right, uh, up next is a friend of the program, Jason Gallagher. How you doing, Jason? Jeez, oh, am I on? Yeah, you are on. You sound good. How are you? <laughs> How are you, dude? How... I let you line jump too, but you know. Yeah, I was about I, to I, say yeah. after the, the, the disclaimer you just gave to everybody, I was like, I definitely just requested. But yeah, thanks for letting okay. me jump on. How are you doing? This is my first. I'm feeling good. Room. This is my first locker room experience. Um, I'm excited to be here. What a game! 
What's your what's your take on locker room briefly, and then talk talk to me about the game because I know with all the work you do, sometimes you don't get to see as many games or as whole games as you would like. Did what do you what do you think? Uh, I thought I I thought it was it was fun. My my general take on the NBA is is at it's as unpredictable as like anything in the world, and so I don't actually get that far down when we are like in a close competition against a team that we theoretically should be better than like I count the good hard fought wins as good hard fought wins, no matter what the standing sort of is, you know, sure. Just because of the brutal schedule and this sort of like every other day stuff. And like, you know, this season I've talked to you about it on, on the podcast before, but it's just so brutal that like, you know, the win is the win, and it was a good win. I love, I love it when Luca makes plays like that, and the and the and the team kind of comes through the way that Dorian came through. Like that, that is always, in some ways, more encor- encouraging than just seeing him go full hero ball. So sure. that was, yeah, I loved it. How did you feel? I felt really good about it because there was. I'm looking for this stat. Our guy Ryan Mainville. Of Mavs money, but okay, he found Ryan Mainville said this is tonight is the first game since August eighth of twenty twenty where the Mavericks won when Luca had at least fifteen assists. They were zero and four this season heading into tonight when he has fifteen assists. And I bring that up because I think that the general consensus is that Luca wants to be like James Harden, that he wants to score. I think he wants to be a distributor, and I think he wants, like, the scoring kind of comes as a byproduct of his team not being able to score. Um, And when he's in his bag like he was tonight, some of the passes he threw, oh, God. I love watching. I mean, it's just it's LeBron-like, and I love it. Yeah, well, that that is anyone who says he's like Harden um, only watches the sort of like complaining stuff or whatever, which I understand. It's like uh, definitely not not the best, but he's mm-hmm. way more LeBron like in his approach. And I, so much so that I, I feel like that I've heard I have I do not have this quote in front of me, but I feel like I've heard uh, LeBron talk about how he, he sees like a, a lot of similarities in the way that like. He looks to get his teammates involved. And if he sees like a sliver of somebody basically not respecting his offensive game, he takes advantage of it. And I think that that is the way LeBron sort of approaches it. And I, and I definitely see a lot of similarities with Luca. obviously not nearly as good. uh, So young, but you know, like that, 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 that pass to Dorian. I mean, he's made that pass a billion times this year. Uh, The teammates haven't necessarily hit those. But it's just so encouraging to see him still kind of stay the course on that. The right time of the year to come together. Yeah, is, Dorian's is really – he's his, like, offensive game – I don't know how much you guys have talked about this, um, but his offensive Let's game – Let's talk about it just, more. His offensive game has just been so awesome. One of, the, one of the cool things, like, you know that I work on, like, the J.J. Reddick podcast and things like mm-hmm. that. But so J.J.'s co-host, Tommy, has um, – become basically a, a a new Mavs fan. And it's pretty funny to get texts from him. That's like stuff that you and I have texted about for the last like five years. That's like, what is Rick Carlisle doing? Like, blah, blah, blah. But, and I was like, dude, welcome. Just like literally, well, I like wanted to hug him. Um, but one of the, his observations is he's just like Dorian Finney-Smith is such an, an underrated NBA player. And it's sort of funny watching him play over the last couple of years. You can kind of gloss over that. 
mm-hmm. but you know, he's watching him at the right time because he, <laughs> Tommy being like a, a Mavs fan for the last two weeks, he is like, is Dorian Finney-Smith like the second best player on the Mavs? Like he's so good, which I, I don't, I couldn't go that far. But if you've only been watching the Mavs for the last two weeks, you might actually think so. His three-point yep. shooting has been amazing. He obviously like does all the intangible things that we've always loved. We just wished his shooting was a little better. I know that, you know, he, he does the Stanley meme I feel like you've busted that out on him a few times, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's been so solid over the last couple of weeks, which has been great. It's been great. It's been lots of fun. It's been rewarding. I also, it's one of these things where I enjoy getting dunked on about being wrong about Dorian. I really yeah. wish I was wrong about Kristaps Porzingis so I could get dunked on about that, but we're going to leave him aside for the night, though I will, I will <sighs> say the the rim parade, the, the, the uh, Wizards had 60 points in the paint. And the rim, and and that's what Porzingis is there to at least, you know, theoretically stop. So it's it's. I'm glad that the Mavericks played just enough defense to win. So. Yeah, same. Well, right. I'll let you get. I'll let you get on uh, with it. Thanks for letting me hop on. I'm gonna do this more because I downloaded the app because I have a buddy now who works in locker room who is like, you should get in on that because Kirk it's, is kind of crushing it. Somebody who works on locker room. It's he texted. He texted me. Kirk is crushing locker room. You should get well, in on that. So, I, you know, somebody somebody said that I give off late night radio host vibes at all times, and I said, you know what? Why not put that to good use and actually be late night radio host? Um, all right, thanks for joining us, Jason. Appreciate you. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you. All right, coming up next, our next Jason, Jason uh, Jiang. How are you? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yep, you sound great. Solid, solid. Oh my god, that game was amazing. Just amazing that the Luca mid range shots into the oh like and then the pass the door into the corner. I, I'm still just my heart is still beating from that, honestly. So amazing win, amazing win. We should all celebrate. You could be like, it's the Wizards, but the Wizards have been playing really, really well, and this is a big game, and this is why we care about these games in the regular season, so we can be happy after wins like this. So I don't want to be have anyone say we escaped with a win we blew an 18 point lead because yes we did that but we got it done when it counted so there's that be happy everyone that's right Second- i would have been so like it, it would have been so frustrating to come in here and be grumpy after a game where they were just really they're fun and this is fun you know that's why we, we watch them for fun because everybody loses interest in these when they lose <laughs> <laughs> uh but oh yeah second thing I am still on J. Rich Island. I am the only person in this whole chat, maybe the whole mouse fandom, that is on J. Rich Island. Make your pick. This guy, okay. This season has been fucked by COVID. J. Rich had COVID. Those first five games, he looked insane on defense. He was getting steals out of the wazoo. The Mavs were like a top five defensive team. There was some three-point luck there, but there was a lot more steals and blocks than there have been at any point in this season. And I just think that... In the playoffs, when they have rested legs, when they don't have back-to-backs, maybe guys like Jay Rich, and I'm going to count a guy like Maxi here too, who hasn't been as sharp on defense either. I just do think they can ratchet up a little bit on defense. So they're not like a bottom 20 defense or whatnot. Maybe they get the top 15 or top 12, that type of level. But I just think there is some defense t- defensive talent in this team, even if it looks putrid sometimes. And I'll count KP there too when he tries and gives a shit. I would agree with you, but I think some of this is scheme related where Richardson and, and, and Dorian and the rest of them aren't allowed to be fret Nick. That's why the, the Warriors game was so fun to watch because they're just doing so much switching and 
running around like chickens with their heads cut off. It was just, there's energy. It's that energy that Christian talks about when he comes up on stage. And it's, it's the way that they play, the slow pace that they play just sometimes sucks the energy out when they're not hitting shots. And then that translates into bad defense. And I, I need more movement. I mean, I also do think some of this energy stuff is just, it's the last 10 games of the regular season. That's true. Guys are tired. And like, we've had such condensed schedules. I just think when it comes down to it in the playoffs, and Luca's going to be the one, number one guy I trust just be super amped for these big games, these national TV games. He is a performer in the clutch on the big spotlight, and I just believe that this team will follow his lead there. I like it. I agree. I agree. And yeah. also, secondly, I it's hard to go back to this, but in the first quarter, yes, the, the Withers missed a lot of shots, but there was actually... Jamish had some maddening offensive possessions in the first quarter, but I actually think... Like, that that awful... But he had, like, two or three steals. And like, he was actually making impact offensively, defensively, and now turning to offense. And I do think, out like, outside of that third quarter, Jay Rich had a good game until that third quarter. But that first quarter, that second quarter, some of that, he was being very active defensively. And that was one of the better games I've seen for a little bit. So, I'm still on Jay Rich Island. You guys in chat can tell me I'm a, a moron or a dumbass. But I want to believe in this guy. He might not be here for much longer, honestly. He might opt out, and the math might just let him leave. But Oh, man, he ain't opting out. He's shot 32% from three. He's going to he, – he, he he's taking better. that money. And... <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems impossible, but, like, he has, he has to have an offer for at least, like, the mid-level for three years. Like, come on. Like, one year, $12 million, That's – even for how terrible Jared has been, I have to think he had an offer for the mid-level somewhere. And he might just feel like, oh, I don't fit on this team. I have to go. But if we see him next year, and I do hope we see him next year, I do think there he might turn it around. So I'll get I off like the spiel. this. I'll no, my this spiel is why. Here, but I have is, optimism. Is, I'm on Cherry Island. I'll be a Cherry stand. Let's go, guys. This is a great spiel because sports is about irrational hope at all times. Otherwise, entire fan bases wouldn't exist. So I'm a big, I like this take, because you know what? If you're right, you're going to dunk on all of us forever. And if you're wrong, we'll forget. So, you know, that's just the way it goes. Well, thanks for hanging out, Jason. Yeah, thanks a bunch, guys. Enjoy the game. Have That's right. All right, coming up next, we have longtime guy, Jesse. What's going on, Jesse? What's up, guys? How's it going? Great win. It's good. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple things. Luca... Man, his mid-range just looks so good. And, like, on uh, just right of that free throw spot where he can't hit shots, he's hitting shots really well on the mid-range. He's hitting, like, 63% from uh, from that spot right next to the uh, – from the three uh, the free throw line. And um, he's, he's really able to just kind of – do whatever he wants in the mid range. He's got a little bit more space to just kind of move around and do his little fadeaways or whatever. It's kind of like we're looking back at Dirk and we're just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And Luca's just coming out and doing it. Like it feels like it's cheating. I don't know. It feels like a cheat code. Um, Dorian Finney Smith too, man, he's been putting up some really good numbers lately. And um, he's been, I don't know. I think it's like, was shooting like fifty percent last or the in the last week. I don't know what it is now, but uh, from three. So uh, I really like what he's doing there. And my other, I have a question, and my question is, 
Do you think that we will be able to sustain fifth, or do you think this is just a flash? Because we still have back-to-backs. We still have a trap schedule coming up, and I don't know if Porzingis is coming back in time soon. Do you think this is really sustainable, or do you think we're just celebrating today and then tomorrow is a different story? So Matt Moore of the Action Network and Locked On Denver came on uh, my show yesterday to – he and he does a lot of this magic number stuff, you know. Matt, if you follow him on on Twitter, HP Basketball uh, is he's a, he's a Twitter lunatic, but one of like my best friends because we're both lunatics. And he yeah, really Matt's gets into this. He well, he just he spends a lot of time in the weeds because he does this gambling work. And what he explained on the pod was that he thinks that for the Mavericks to hold on to six, they need to go seven and three because the Pacer, uh, not Pacers, the Blazers are coming up hot. And their schedule looks tough, but they're going to be playing teams that are potentially resting guys, like the Jazz, for example. Because like, if you look at their schedule, it looks very brutal. They're playing all these good teams. Versus the Mavs, who we know that they're playing kind of weaker teams. I mean, shoot, the, the Cavs are bringing back uh, um, uh, Ver, Ver, shoot, I can't say his name. Verjao. Uh, uh, for, for final games, and he's going to get minutes because they're just kind of running out of warm bodies. So the Mavericks should be able to go. Uh, they should be able to win, you know, uh, uh, six out of their next nine in order to kind of hold where. Nice. Woo, I cut out. You there? Am I here? I can yeah. hear you now. Okay. I cut out of I my thought I was going to have to take the pot over. All right. Let's... I'm sorry, man. Thank you for uh, for holding tight. Where did that cut out? Um, last thing I think you said was uh, – I don't recall. You were talking about the Action Network, and then you were talking about the tough schedule, 7-3. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So so it's like they, they need to kind of go 6-3 and three down the stretch from now on out, and they should be able to do it. But I don't know if, if, if they can. And they, but what they should do and what they do do are often two very. Yeah, like the one thing I would say about this team is, I think you know Rick Carlisle is trying to trick people. He's not letting anybody know how good this team is unless we absolutely have to win. He's trying to hide a lot of stuff, and when we need to get a win, we've been able to put it in a huge playoff atmosphere. It was like that with the Laker game, and it was uh, like that tonight, and you just felt like it was a playoff game. Like when Tim Hardaway Jr. hit that mid-range shot, it just felt like a mid-range shot like from the playoffs where you're just like, you need the bucket no matter what. So, I mean, like I really like that we're able to win these one-point games. I think it's going to really pay off in the playoffs as far as the playoff experience goes. Well, when you got Luka, everything feels good. So, so I at least like to take. Jesse, before I – before I move on, give me a uh, pl- plug, plug, plug Mavs lead and, and, and tell people where they can follow you. Yeah, just signed on at uh, Mavs lead. We, uh, we're affiliated to Bleacher Report. I'll be tweeting about uh, Mavs games and stuff like that at Mavs lead. And then I have my podcast, Kabam Mavericks podcast on all the platforms. So there you go. Sure thing. Thanks for hanging out, no Jesse. Problem. Have a good one. All right. Coming up next, uh, we have Jonathan. Jonathan, what's going on? Hey, Kirk. Hey, uh, man, what a fun game. Uh, and uh, just just lots of moments to get uh, pumped and frustrated and uh, just fun to win. Uh, no, the one comment I wanted to make, just kind of clutch offense. You know, it, it. I don't feel like we've talked about it a ton 
uh, this season because it's been better. But just the the our ability to execute in the last few minutes, and even tonight, uh, Luca looked tired a few times. Uh, I think he played twenty out of twenty four minutes, but he's not settling uh nearly as much as i feel like even early this season he was and so you mm-hmm. know as we think about that mid-range game as we think about him trusting his teammates those are things that really bode well uh looking toward the playoffs and just this team in general for us to be able to execute in the clutch um so just really encouraged by his his mentality and that maturation process and again i mean the, the fact that he's 21 22 is just insane but um really really cool to see that and i feel like that's been consistent over the last 20 or 25 games somebody must have had a talk with him about three pointers because i don't feel you know he only took six tonight well i guess this no my inclination is wrong he shot the three ball a lot but it, it, I just like that he's putting his head down a little more and at least getting a little closer, not settling on the step back quite so much. It's it's something that that you know he can go to it when he needs to, but he just he needs to get better at different parts of the game. So it's it's nice to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and especially when he's tired, right? Like I mean, that's the, the toward the end of the game, and and that's when his decision making seemed to get worse in the past, where he would settle for the the step backs. Uh, but now it's it's a little bit more. I mean, just that, I mean. I, we've we've touched on it. Y'all talked about it. The mid range that that's a that's the level of scoring that I feel like Bales or that that like James Harden because he doesn't have it uh, in in playoff games and in high pressure moments he he struggles right because because when you can't when you can't spit us you know settle into a comfortable mid range shot every now and then then you're really kind of limited. Whereas like a LeBron or a few others that can you know a KD that mid range game allows you to to just open up other parts of your offense. So anyway, all that to say, you know, I'm with you. The volume's still there. They just feel different uh, for whatever reason. Um, And, and I think it's showing up in in how efficient our offense has been in in clutch moments. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad for it personally, because I need, you know, he's not really in April. He kind of settled back down to earth from three. He only shot 32% after. No, am I reading that wrong? Yeah, in April he shot thirty two percent from three after going forty three percent in March. So it's you know, it's good to see him getting back to some of what, you know, at least a different kind of of, of offensive player. Not predictable. You know, yeah. it's impossible to guard. Yeah. So. Yeah. Really fun. Thanks for hosting these, Kirk. Appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for coming up. All right, coming up next. Xavier, what's up, man? How we doing? Doing well, Kirk. How you guys doing today? I am all right. I'm I'm losing steam finally, but you know it's we've been at this for forty something minutes now. You know what? I, I'm thankful that you had it today because I was negative Nancy when I first joined. I did, <laughs> I didn't want to come on here and just complain about Jay Rich and a myriad of other things. But then you know what? I'm actually in a good mood now, and listening to everybody else talk about it. You know what? I can't be a hypocrite. I've always come on here and I try to preach positivity. And this time I take you know some of my own medicine. So you know what? I'll take a win, however we can take it. I feel dirty about it, but I'll take it. But I'm curious, Kirk, why do you think that um that Brunson only had, I think, you know, 12 or 15 minutes tonight? Do you think he just got pulled because of poor play? Do you think that's something that, that Rick is going to do moving forward? Or, you know, what do you think about that? So I talked in my recap about how I we all love the offense more when things are working when the ball is moving and Brunson is 
as amazing as a scorer as he is, he is an absolute ball stopper. He and as Matt is noting in the chat, he can't really play with with Russell Beal either. So unless he's like kind of lights out defensive or offensively, where he's hitting his shots, and he just is, he's been on kind of a rough stretch lately where he's just missing enough. Um, it was it was kind of a good execution call to keep him out because Brunson just it's not he's certainly not bad he's not the player that i complain about when i really you know when i when i get frustrated with his play but it's you know some of the the misses he had are, are were pretty brutal and if you're not gonna do you know yeah if jason notes in the chat that he got beat by Raul Neto, and and that's gonna get you pulled <laughs> so it's like those sort they just can't have that sort of thing and that close of a thing but you know that they got the win with him struggling is something else I think we should latch on to. It's like guys, different guys finding different ways to win is awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm just, at this point, I just think we're destined to face the Clippers. Honestly, I've been driving myself insane, just scoreboard watching every night, trying to see if we can land the Nuggets. But it looks like the Nuggets are going to win tonight, and they're probably going to jump up to two. And we're probably going to get stuck with the Clippers. So you know what? Effort, bring it on. I hate those guys, and beating them in a seven game series will be love. But that's all. I didn't really have much to add today. But, um, oh, yeah. Thanks for coming on. All right. Coming up next, Tim. Tim Yeager, House Mavericks. How you doing, Tim? Tim, you there? Oh, well. Let's try to try to quit and rejoin. See if we oh, can get your audio working. Can there you hear it me? goes. There you go. Took a little bit. Listen, man. We Mavs PR tweeted this out, and I, I can't stop thinking about it. We just saw the fourth game in NBA history of 30 points, 10 rebounds, and 20 oh, assists. Oh, that's a great stat. From Luka Doncic. I didn't know that at all. Magic Johnson, Russell Westbrook, Oscar Robertson, and Luka Doncic. Yeah. Each have done that once in that's NBA true. history. It's amazing, We're going to have to write about it. It's, it's <laughs> un, yeah, that, that just blew my mind. And I added that in the, the uh, stats rundown. But, yeah, it, it, it definitely deserves a post because that's just mind-blowing to me, man. Um, it was just a phenomenal game. Everything was in um, the shooting pocket. I mean, I think I knew I, – I had a good feeling that he was going to beat his career high of 19 assists tonight when in the first, like, three minutes he already recorded four. Right. And he was just – I mean, he had, like, perfect alley-oop passes to Willie and – uh, to Dwight, and then his behind-the-back bounce pass to Maxi on the pick-and-pop was just, like, right in the shooting pocket. It just – you could tell immediately um, that he was on one. And so I wasn't too disappointed about the lead going away and it turned into a battle. Um, it was fun. And, you know, you, you got to take that. And Dorian, dude, last seven games shooting above 50%, I believe, from three. And then since his son was born it, at, like, 47 or 48%. Um, so just unreal, um, just to think <laughs> where Dorian has come from. I know we get frustrated with him at times defensively, um, but if he can score 15, 16, 17 a game, um, that helps this Mavs team tremendously. It's great. It's great watching him, him succeed. I'm very, very pleased with him. I did not know that about the about the stats thing. I'm going to be. Th- I, I understand now. I I, I kind of wasn't listening to what you were saying because I was thinking and looking at the stats thing. Like that's just bananas. My, about, mind uh, blowing. The fourth game in NBA history. Like it's that's just crazy to me. 
So funny thing about Lucas passing is, so I had one Slovenian follower ding me early in the game where he's like, you remember when you said Luca couldn't throw lobs? And like anybody that watched the Mavericks rookie year, like he couldn't throw lobs. Now someone made a really excellent point telling me that, oh, he was throwing them to DeAndre Jordan, who, you know, sucks. But his, his passing accuracy has spoiled me to where I get frustrated with other Mavericks when they throw passes that are like, not like outside the pocket because that's just hard to do but when a guy has to move to catch a pass that should just be on the money like Lucas just spoiled me with this because he's so accurate from often really far away it's yeah he's just got this uncanny ability um to facilitate and and it's grown over time because you're right that 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 rookie year it it wasn't it wasn't all there maybe it was DeAndre faults that that sounds a little bit better (laughs) I like that um, more. It's yeah, much more fun. way way better. But also, I'm sure he's grown in that area as well. Um, just understanding the flow of the game, and but tonight was just absolutely like breathtakingly beautiful. And I'm just so thankful that he's on my my favorite team. That's right. Hell of a take. I agree with it 100. percent All right. You got anything else before I bring different? No, nah, get someone up over here. All right. Coming up next is Henry. Henry, what's up? Hey, Kirk, what's going on? Can you hear me? I can. You sound great. All right. Um, yeah, Tim kind of stole that set earlier, but um, the most, even more mind-blowing than that 20 assists, one turnover. Ooh. I and did not it, catch that either. What do I do for a living if I can't it, see well, these obvious what, things well, as in the box ha- that has seen you type live turnover, <laughs> Luca live ball turnover like three times a week, that was uh, – <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty awesome that That's he only had insane. one turn. Yeah. My God. And also, uh, Luca has also passed Michael Jordan all time for 30-point triple-doubles. Okay. Yep. All right. These posts write themselves. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, our, he our might biggest... be something. He might be nice in the league. He might he, he might stick around for a while. He he really might. The, the, the post that has the most views all time was this aggregation that we did from this Michael Jordan story years ago in ESPN where he listed Dirk as one of like four current players from like the mid 2000 mid 2000 like to late 2000s and, and where he said Dirk would be able to play in the ni- in like the 80s and the 90s and so it's like anything with Michael Jordan like people just still google his name it's incredible um yeah man, man I'm going to be thinking about that for a while 20 to 1 and then an incredible like 30 10 20 game wild um, and and lastly, um, to my guy Jason that is on Jay Rich Island, I I just highly advise to stay off that narcotic. <laughs> you know, seek help. Um, you know that's that's just not going to be good for you, man. Just just pull away. That's all. You know, that's all I'm asking. What what somebody called it a, a Jay Jay Rich life life raft. I, I someone called it Jay Rich Atlantis. No, it's not real. That is a sinking um, ship. That you need to get off of, Jason. Please, uh, Jay Rich Iceberg. I love it. I appreciate. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Henry. <laughs> All right, thanks, Kurt. Mm-hmm. All right, got a few more folks. We're gonna move right along. Lyndon, what's up? Thanks for coming back. Yeah, hit that unmute button there in the uh, nearest Hello, request. There me? you go. Yep, you sound good. Yeah, I did not think the Mavs would win this game, Kirk. I was very, very shocked that they won. Um. I I I really do think like Jay Rich is like it's 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 horrible. Like it's it's to a point where he's becoming unplayable. He's giving them nothing on offense and nothing really substantial on defense. He is yeah. like 
You, um, I feel like Bill Duffy is the only reason he's getting this type of playing time. It has to be. It, it, I think they're trying to play him out of the funk. He started every too game. But if the, if they pull him from the starters, that becomes a story too, and they probably don't want to deal with it. But it, I'm just – I'm not understanding what's happening here. It's really something. Yeah. Also, um, I just want to give the Mavericks coaching staff some sort of credit because I think Dorian Smith's, like, development as a basketball player is really, really legitimate. Not mm-hmm. It's not even about the shooting. Dorian Smith made some passes tonight that I did not know he could do. And also, sometimes where he drive to the basket and make some fin- and then finish some layups that I was like, this is not the Dorian Smith- Finney Smith from two years ago. So uh, I, I really do, like, Dorian Finney Smith's progression has been really impressive. And Luca offensively was, was amazing. But I have a question for you. Are you concerned about the on-ball defense you saw from Luca tonight in terms of playoff matchups? This is tough because if he's going to bear that kind of offensive load, he's just not in the physical shape to be able to do the defensive stuff. I mean, Westbrook Westbrook likes eating his lunch because Westbrook, when when the Thunder played Real Madrid five years ago, over I mean maybe six years ago overseas, Luka Doncic guarded him when he was like sixteen or seventeen. So Westbrook has had a case of the ass for Luka for like five or six years now. Like loves driving on him. Small guards are never going to be his deal. Stronger players are who are who he kind of matches up well against. Uh, but it, it's something that, that teams are going to pick on him for. It's a matter of what, you know, that he stayed out of foul trouble was pretty interesting to me with how often they kind of went at him. I know that mm-hmm. they scored on him a lot. They scored on everybody a lot. So it's, it, this is kind of a tough game for that, that like for him to do well. But it, it does have to hang over things um, in terms of, of targeting him. But, you know, there's lots of opportunities to target all sorts of different Mavs. Uh. That's the problem. <laughs> they were targeting Tim, and Tim is like a, a saloon door. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, man, because he just – that, that curl screen, he'd stick his arm around, and Carlos sitting there yelling at the ref, call the moving screen. And it's like, no, man, Tim is fouling him every time. Tim is, gr- <laughs> Tim is grabbing his shoulder like he's a toddler, like he's trying to pull him back. It's great. It's great. I, uh. I, I, I think also with Tim is what, – what saves Luca is – I don't know the measurements, but Luca looks like he has pretty long arms. Mm-hmm. I don't think Tim has long arms, and it looks because Tim is like listed at six six, but he, he I don't think he has long as long arms as Bradley Beal or Russell Westbrook in terms of just like wingspan was really helpful defensively, and I think that's that's one of Tim's limitations with with the, with the defensive like guarding a guard. My favorite thing was when Dalton Trigg found out that, that Bradley Beal was only 6'3", because he was just swearing Beal was 6'5", because like he kind of uh, gets up in Luca's face, and I'm like, Beal is broad. Like, he is a... Yeah, a long arms. Like, really yeah, long arms. He, he was probably a hell of a multi-sport athlete until he committed to basketball, mm-hmm. <laughs> and... And it's just it guys just look differently with arm length. That's why they that's why it matters yep. so much in pre draft stuff. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And my final thing, please, please, to everyone in this room, everyone on the internet, if you're Christoph Porzingis defender, get out of my face. <laughs> get out of my life. Send KP to wherever he wants to go, but get him out of here. 
he's he's his attitude does not warrant his level of production. His simply the genetics of life. He's not made to play basketball. And three, his effort when he plays is never good enough. And in it, it um, I always listen to like uh, the Dunked On and all this, and all these other podcasts, and they always talk about one of the most important things for like any type of viability and progression in, in the postseason is a defense with versatility. If Kristaps Porzingis is on the floor, the Mavericks have no defensive versatility. They have to do the stupid drops, drop, drop coverage like it's like we have Mason Plumlee on our team or something, and it's it's just terrible and. He, he can't play anymore. As much as the offense is good, he kissed his defense is too much of garbage, and his offense isn't even that good. Get him out of here, Kirk. Get him out of here. Well, I unfortunately, the coaching staff hasn't listened to me ever, so we're going to see Get him come here. back, and I, I think he'll – I think if he gets – you know, if he probably sits the rest away, I bet he looks okay. Like This is where his money gets made because if he goes into another if, – if he either plays poorly in the postseason or can't play because he's hurt, his time in Dallas is done. Like that, you know, it's just it, it, that they'll 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 lose on the trade, trade and trade send him out. Turn, yeah, trade him from no, Austin. Hey, yeah, thanks, Kirk. Dorian Finney-Smith okay. is the second best player on this team as well. Wow. Well, then we're in a dark place. Thank you, Lyndon. <laughs> Appreciate you coming up. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. Oh man, man, you guys keep asking to come on. Saeed, what's up? Hey, Kirk. How you doing? I'm good. Good, good, good. One, I guess, can I feel good? moment um i don't know if you watched the post game interview with dodo um but he was talking about how um he loves how much trust luca has in him like because i think the two plays before he stepped out of bounds and then the next play he went and got um blocked by gafford and luca still trusted him that's one thing that it's less of hate on kp but just this the current team that's out there i don't know if luca just trusts them more or what what it is but just the fact that he's willing to give it up in the late game um and just just that overall trust that he sees in him i i don't know what it is but it's a good it, it I, I liked how um i liked how he was so trusting for lack of better terms today i did too i did too and i wish you know i i hope when porzingis comes back there's there's something there with him uh they have really nice offensive chemistry it's just sometimes in the fourth quarter things go wonky where they put kp in the corner as opposed to letting them run the high screen and roll and I, I can't shake the feeling that they just want to avoid having tape. But I don't care. Like, how do you – you can't guard a porzingis Luca pick and pop. You, you can't do it. It's, it's unguardable. So, I, I don't I'm, – exactly. I'm, I'm just really glad that they, that they got the W. Yep, and the whole, like, the, the whole tape thing is – it's kind of – the tape part won't matter if you don't make it in the, into the tournament in general. Um, sure. But – and then also, um, I don't know – said this a little bit earlier in the chat, maybe work in KP. Um, I know we've been trying to, at the beginning of every game, they try to work him in the post and just try to get him going there. Maybe flip it the other way around, work him from out to in, um, for lack of better terms, make him a supercharged maxi at the beginning of games, get his deep, get his shots hitting, and then let him drive when people uh, try to charge at him at, at the rim afterwards. I'd love to do something. So... Yeah, that's all I got. Thanks. Thanks for hopping on. No problem. All right, coming up next, we're going to speed through folks. Ike, what's up? Oh, I have made it. I have made it. Uh, Great win, Uh, Kirk. I just want to say, like, 
I think we're kindred, uh, kindred spirits because every time I listen to Mass Moneyball podcast, you convey my exact thoughts and frustrations in losses and wins. So uh, big fan and, and really uh, excited to be a part of this. Just a couple of things. Um, it was obviously uh, a good win, but I'm glad that you uh, point out, I guess, the play of Brunson. I mean, he's obviously been very important to us this season, but I think it highlights the fact that a lot of a lot of people criticize Doncic for his, I guess, quote unquote, heliocentric play. But it's because he's the only legitimate playmaker that we have on the team. Yeah. And I wouldn't count Brunson as a playmaker because, like you said, and it's very it's very evident, he's a ball stopper. Um, of course, we appreciate and we need you know some of that aggression, but there's times like within the flow of the game, we need the ball to be moving. And a lot of times he just gets tunnel vision going one off four on a fast break, if you will, and yeah. just ending up a shot. It, it's it's really frustrating. So, um, but you know. And I guess uh, another point is uh, my man's, I think his name was Jason, that says he's still on uh, Richardson Island. I would say that I'm in the boat trying to row away, so to speak. <laughs> um, and and I understand everybody's frustration with Richardson. I mean, he has been bad, but I, I do I still appreciate and, and know that we need his defensive energy because that's still there, right? And it's like you said, I feel um, that Carlisle and the coaching staff, they don't really like utilize him uh, well enough as far as his abilities and basically just unleash him. You know, I, I think it's <laughs> one of my frustrations with our defenses. I feel like it is not aggressive enough a lot of times, you know, yes. part of that could be the philosophy as far as the drop coverage, but it's just not an, the, the aggression that we need at times. You know, you can even see it um, with your own eyes with the way we foul and things of that sort. But uh, I think we, we it's, it's going to be a balancing act because we can't just completely like, you know, send him completely to the doghouse and bench him because we're going to need him. Yep. So, you know, the hope is, is that he can somewhat, you know, work through it. And it's like you said, maybe, you know, how we're casting him in is maybe, uh, uh, you know, a cause for how he's playing. Um, but we can't, you know, totally just be like F him, you know, we're going to need yeah. him for this playoff run. So hopefully he gets out of it. But of course, you know, in tight games, if, if you ain't got in, you're doing these 360 spins that <laughs> going off the backboard. Yeah. You're going to have to take a seat. So, uh, but good win. And, you know, again, I hope we can get our act together against Sacramento because those losses really piss me the F off. <laughs> we're going to be so excited if they beat the Kings tomorrow. And how yeah. lame is that? Like we're yeah, gonna be exactly. excited that they beat the Kings, the Kings who got beat by the Jazz, like they stole something the other day. Right, and and we I'm, have trouble. Woo. Yeah, but I think that I think that brings up another good point is that, and and you've highlighted this as well is that, um, you know, we we have to get off to better starts, right? And yeah, uh, you know, you could feel good about this game because they got off to such a great start in the first quarter. And again, I know it's a long season and, you know, NBA professional basketball, it's difficult and stuff like that. And we can hold, you know, our, our team to, to very elevated standards, but, you know, the effort to come out with, I mean, that can really set the tone for the entire game. And we know that, you know, basketball is a game of runs, but if you get out to that great start, I mean, I, I think they're still undefeated when they uh, win the first quarter. Yes, they are. They're so, also you know, 32 and two if they have a 10 point lead at any point in a game. Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. Oh, man. And I just want to make one more point, and it's about <laughs> Finney Smith. Um, great shot. Um, and I've been with you as far as the feeling, as far as that he's been really overextended. You know, we cast him as, you know, a defensive stopper, and that's just not what he is. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, this will kind of prove that. But, um, again, you know, kudos to the coaching staff for being able to develop him. But um, I, I still feel like, you know, in the offseason, that's going to be something that we need to address is – uh, really upgrading that spot, but you can see the value in Finney Smith. And it, it goes beyond simply like, of course he needs to make open shots, but he just needs to be a threat. I think that's kind of the biggest frustration. A lot of times is that, you know, um, in, in losses, you can check the box score and he's taken like maybe five or six shots. We're going to need him to actually be a threat on the floor. Um, so yeah, but thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for coming up. Appreciate you. All right, uh, coming up next, Brett. What's up, Brett? Oh, hello. Can you hear me? I can. You sound good. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I think Finney Smith had a good game. Um, it, it felt with Richardson, at least, like obviously I feel like he takes too many shots in lots of games, but I, it felt like they almost made like a concerted effort during like the first and second quarters to like get him shots. Yes. And which, which I mean, it may like at least at the level that like the Wizards have been a bad defensive team for you know most of the year. Not this, not this, the most recent month, but I right. think I think I think the coaching staff felt you know where you can get him some shots, maybe get again trying to play him out of the funk. Um, but but I I think while I would like to see him get less minutes and have his offensive role like reduced, I do think that at this point in the season, I think other people have mentioned this as well, but. Um, but like having him not start would be too much of like a like for his confidence. Yeah, like I, it I, becomes a story when they don't want a story like, about it. Like that's something that they sh- that should have happened like a, a month or two ago. Um, and then you know hopefully you know if he plays better you know maybe he regains his role in the starting rotation or something. But in the starting lineup, but I just feel like yeah, yeah at this point you know he's 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 already like struggling so much. Um, but yeah, and then I don't know. Overall, I I was pretty confident, like in in the win, like even like the beginning of the first quarter. I mean, not not the first quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, when Luca made a couple shots, I was like m- more confident than I feel like I should have been. You know, down whatever they were, eight points at that point. Um, but but yeah, I don't have that much to say actually. At this point, um, people have gone over a lot, but yeah, that's everything. No, it's good. I'm glad. I'm glad people come up and talk because uh, remember the whole point of this thing is I don't have anybody in my life other than my wife and my child (laughs) to talk basketball to, so it's nice to just like talk hoops with people. So thanks for coming up. All right, coming up next, Jordan. You've been waiting forever. Thanks, Jordan. Hey, no problem. Uh, So my first thing that I want to point out is that. Uh, Ray Finney Allen was absolutely incredible tonight. <laughs> like, just there's it was incredible. Um, and then Maxi also was like incredible in the first half, and then obviously they didn't play him uh, in the second half because they went with uh, Luca at the forward. And I actually think that might be his future. Um, I just kind of wonder if maybe we can get another ball handler. Um, because I thought that's who Josh was going to be. 
I mean, that's certainly how Luca was used overseas. Like Luca was like the veteran X factor. He was the Kyrie Irving to, you know, Kyrie Irving in 2016 role. Like that's what Luca was. And he's simply too good for that now, but they need, uh, that's kind of the train that I've gotten on where they need to get his usage down some and he needs to do different things. I mean, I do need him to stop standing like 45 feet away from the basket when he doesn't have the ball. Like I need him to like move around some, but I that that's I agree with you. That's that's I think the future as well. Well, I kind of think like almost like a Larry Bird. Like he can still control the ball most of the time, but he needs mm-hmm. to get off ball some. Um, and like I thought that was the idea with Josh, but like like you've said over and over again, he's like so in his head. He, I mean, he was looking at the out of bounds line, and he just walked across it. Like yeah. I, I don't even understand what was going on there. Um, Cause he's just so in his head. And then like, you know, everybody, you, they were talking about that little push shot. He does the way that I would describe it is almost like, it's like a sky hook, but his arms going the wrong direction. Like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, it's just, it's so uncomfortable to watch. Um, yeah. And so I think that there's been uh, an awful lot of uh, Porzingis slander tonight. For someone not as not, much as I would have uh, thought. Playing. No, it took like forty-five minutes. It took that's a while. True. Like everybody was. <laughs> that's really how I judge these things. Because like the longer they go, the more the hardcore people hang out, and the pissier we get. Win or lose, it's just <laughs> kind of the mood. It's just like a sports bar right. argument where it's like by the end of it, everybody's like, "Ah, fuck all these guys." <laughs> but like for for someone who didn't play, that's kind of surprising. I I do think that. Uh, I saw a stat today that like so Anthony Davis has missed like thirty five games and he's missed twenty three, like yep. he's missed you know he's missed a ton of games, and with with how close together the games are right now, um, it's not even that he's missed a ton of time. It's just like right. every time he's out, he misses like three games instead of one. Yep. And so it's really hard for me to judge him too harshly. However, if he doesn't show, that perspective is needed. Yeah, if he doesn't show up in the playoffs, like I'm with you guys, but I think that maybe for just you know what what do we have like three more weeks until the playoffs or four whatever it is, yeah, like maybe like hold off just a little bit, but if you know game three of the playoffs if it's still like this, like I'm I'm with you guys. Sure. No, I'm by, that perspective is good. I I appreciate that, Jordan. Um, you got anything else? No, I think that's all. All right. Thanks for hanging out as always. Thank you. All right. Got Anthony. Anthony, you've been waiting. How are you? Hey, can you hear me? I can. Awesome. So I think after this nice game, I feel like Trey Burke has proved that he deserves at least a few minutes per game. I don't, you know, I'm at least super glad that when, like, the, the, the professionalism that it takes to sit on the bench for 36 minutes and come in ready to play is very undervalued. And I I don't know if he'll ever be a regular rotation guy because with the other guards that they have, like the Burke Brunson minutes suck. If you go look at the data, it's it. That's why they went away from it. But if he, you know, if he can come in and play spurts where they can steal minutes now and again, I think that, that it's at least worth trying. You know, I get very frustrated I've inadvertently like kicked the crap out of Burke or uh, of Brunson tonight, but I get very frustrated when I see good shooters playing with Brunson that aren't Timmy because they just don't get the ball enough. 
Um, and, and so, you know, Burke kind of playing out there, unless he's handling the ball himself, he's, he's not going to get shots because they don't come in the flow. Uh, so I, I, you know, if, if they can get a few minutes here and there while, while, uh, Redick rehabs, or if, you know, Redick's out for whatever part, you know, if they can get him, you know, five, six minutes you know, in three to four minute bursts twice a game, I wouldn't hate it. Certainly. Yeah, I agree. Whenever, like, Jalen Brunson feels off, I feel like Traper could do better. He he has the same defensive liability as Brunson, but mm-hmm. he also sometimes will pass the ball. He doesn't have the tunnel vision as Brunson. Right. Uh, another cool. thing was Maxi got his uh, season high tonight. I think that was overlooked. He played very good. It was like all in the first half. Yeah, yeah it was. It was in the first half, and if he played some of the fourth, he probably could have broke his career high. That's a good point. You're right. We've not talked about that at all. So, I'm glad Maxi exists. When Maxi hits shots, things feel better because his shot, for, you know, uh, Isaac Harris showed his kind of three-point progression uh, over his career, and it's ridiculous. Um, I'm I'm just enjoying it. So, you know, not much more to it at this point other than hope that it holds and hope he doesn't look like he do, did against the Clippers last year where he was washed. So. And uh, one more thing. I feel like the Mavericks have finally learned how to catch lobs again because that first quarter with Paro and Luke Hallstein got, like, Luke like, five assists just off lobs. Yeah. Yeah, well, and Willie deserves, you know, we, we – we're kicking him earlier because he won't just go up with shots, but compared to what he was doing in the first part of the season where he was shooting like 66% on dunks and that's hard to do. Like that's, that's Andre Drummond like, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really, that's a good point. I'm glad that they do it because that vertical element loosens things up so much for the Mavericks offense. It's really important. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Refreshing to watch oh, yeah. Well, thanks for coming up. Thanks, man. All right. Last but not least, Matt, what's up? Hey, I'm going to try to be pretty quick because I can normally be pretty rambling. Um, and it's like, um, one, Dorian is over 40% for the whole season now. He's at 40.02 for the season on threes. So not just since the, uh, since the birth of his son. Uh, they did, Zach Lowe did an article earlier this year on Miles Bridges or Mikael Bridges talking about 3 and D and D guys, guys that aren't just 3 and D but can also drive. And he mentioned that essentially at that point you just become a good player. But I think we saw today Dorian is trying to stretch into that. He's not there yet. Like, I'm still a little cringy whenever he takes off. But it is an important element of his game to be able to do more than just shoot, um, which obviously the shooting is good. As far as the defense, he's a wing. It's not his fault that we ask him to guard point guards. If we asked KP to guard De'Aaron Fox and people like that, he would get cooked all the time, too. It's not, and I mean, he gets cooked on his own. But it's not his fault that we have him guard the wrong position. Um, Also, I really liked early in the game that we had a lot more movement. We had a specific set that I saw that I have not seen from us before. We ran a Luca and Willie Cauley-Stein pick and roll, where Cauley-Stein, instead of going into a flat roll, he turned and set a a weak side screen for Tim Hardaway Jr., who then rolled to the rim and got a lob, which I just really like it when we do stuff that's more creative than screen and roll with three people standing still. 
That was really cool. And the polar opposite of that play was at the end of the third quarter when Jalen Bunsen drove and kicked Willie Cauley Stein. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, I was I was not a fan of that play at all. Like I get that he's open, but at some point there's a you're open for a reason. Yeah. Um, like like the other team's not guarding you. Uh, it's it sounds crazy to say this because he had 20 assists, but the reason Luca only had one turnover today is that he made the early simple pass a bunch today. Like he had a whole bunch, and some of them were. It sounds really strange to say this, but he basically he was involved in the hockey assist and the the final assist. Like he would start a chain reaction. And then it would get back to him, and he would still make the final assist where he was the last guy to touch it. But, like, it helped so much. And I think part of it is that the the Wizards actually did us a favor. The token pressure that they were doing, it, it made us do a lot of stuff where Luka wasn't just dribbling the ball up. And I, I just like our offense better when he doesn't just dribble and then stand at the, the logo until there's 12 seconds left and then run a pick and roll. I mean, Me too. It's an effective offense, and I get why we do it, but it's it can't be fun for everyone else, and it it just I, it takes a lot out of him. Um, there's just a lot of stuff like that, and then the last thing, uh, you know, the Hawks guy that says that Maxi has it in his contract not to rebound. Oh yeah, I have decided that uh, we are secretly still playing Josh Richardson to give Luca an extra chance to get offensive rebounds because <laughs> of all of the shots that he misses. <laughs> But on the more on the more serious note with Josh Richardson, really what I think it is, is that we try to run an essentially Mori ball offense where we run the super efficient threes and layups and very little mid-range. Right. And Josh Richardson, his natural skill set is to do a ton of mid-range. And so I think that a lot of what's happened is he is trying to change like you he's played basketball his whole his whole life for one way. A certain he, way. He's right. trying to go away from that in a season where we had very little practice time. And when you look at it that way, like, that makes him think. And everybody that's played a sport and everything, the more you are thinking as opposed to reacting and just playing is bad. And so I do think it would do him some good to run on the last, like, to run some non-Luka minutes. And just where the the goal of the offense might be, Josh Richardson get an off-the-dribble, you know, footer. I know is that you so fading I or me? That might help get him going. Uh, it might be me. Um, the last thing I got, and then whether it's fading or not. There you go. Uh, Trey Burke, he's starting to remind me a ton of late career Daryl Armstrong, which he's super quick. He's trying on defense. He doesn't really care if he fouls because he's not going to get enough minutes that he can really get into foul trouble. But right. he's just being an irritant. Like, I think he's, they've taught him that that is his way to minutes, is to just, you know, get up into people, go try, try to be an aggressive defender. And it's working. I like it. I mean. Me too. I don't, I think he's the new J.J. Barea and that he's a breaking case of emergency. Like, not a, just, I, I don't think that he just needs to be in the rotation. I think it's a game like tonight where we hit a lull, they were out energying us, and then, you know, hey, let's throw him out there and see if he can bring some energy, which he did. But I don't think yep. that means that he needs to get minutes every night. Me either. Well, I'm glad. It, it, this is the depth that they thought they had, but it's kind of just showing up now. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to go to bed because it's now one in the morning, but this has been fun as always. Um, 
I'll do another one of these tomorrow night. Probably not as long as this one, just because I have work on Monday. But tomorrow I get to go to tomorrow. I get to sleep in, uh, which probably means something past like eight o'clock. <laughs> Everybody, be good. This has been Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy slash After Dark, whatever you want to call it. Talk to you guys uh, in a few hours. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.